The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it. Weekend Editions here at Tail Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt. Elijah Herbal, Mark Cranach, we are loaded up. What what a week it has been. We will unpack so much to get into from the uh, the week. Uh, a week ago, we got off the air, and things were okay. And then there's this cease and desist that's out there about getting ready for pads. Uh, as Nebraska was uh, gearing up for a padded Monday football practice to move forward and kick things off in September. Then you have the Sharks circling with, well, the Big Ten's going to cancel. That rumor was alive and well and circulating all the way into a, was it a medical vote or was it just a presidential vote by the uh, league bow ties Sunday night? Then you have Monday and Scott Frost's Zoom presser where Scott Frost passionately laid out that football is important, but there are things bigger than football, uh, specifically economy and uh, livelihoods and well-being. Tuesday, Dean Warmer dropped the big one. Commissioner Warren says we are... We are not canceling. We are postponing football season for the fall of 2020. Nebraska's like, hold my beer, you suck. And they were absolutely right to have that take. Ohio State echoed their thoughts, not as adamantly. Michigan bitched and moaned. Good for them. James Franklin found his way to Good Morning America. As we progress through the week, Nebraska puts out their statement of What the hell are you doing, Big Ten? There's a 48-hour waiting period. What will Nebraska say? What will Nebraska do? Is Nebraska check? Is Nebraska looking to ditch the league? No. Nebraska never said that. We never said that. Nebraska was just looking to take care of their own. First and foremost, players that have worked hard in a safe environment. And what happens? The Big Ten's like, well, listen, uh, we botched the interview with our own network, so let us uh, sit down with some writers from Yahoo. Let us sit down with some folks from uh, from Sports Illustrated and, and kind of positively spin this thing media-wise. So we fast forward to the topic of spring football. A lot of us roll our eyes at that if we're talking health and safety. And uh, it is capped off with uh, Thursday night uh, Bill Moose's radio show saying that, yes, indeed, Nebraska's very happy to be part of the Big Ten. 
and it's not permissible to search out a way to play ball in the fall. Vince Powers uh, did a great job of, of laying out uh, the liability argument. That was one of the most recent stories from Pat Forty on just what is uh, a situation that we all thought is going to be the reason for I mean, health and safety is part of this, but it's lawsuits. It's potential lawsuits. You have the, the heart ailment that is on the scene that may be caused by COVID, but it's also related to several other things. So we're not any further along than we were on Tuesday, but there's more of a more more and more of a growing voice and less and less of a uh, let's fling some arrows at Nebraska. You've had more vocal frustration and dissent by the by by Ryan Day, Jeff Brom and Ryan Day are working on a a, a spring project uh, that is called Spring College Football. Uh, when does that start? So a lot to get to can join us. How are you coping with the week as a Nebraska fan? 466-3776-800-825-5865. can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com and give us a follow. Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio uh, at uh, Mark Skurs for Mark Cranach and at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Are we connected with the big man? Oh, yeah. Oh, Cranach, I, I didn't know if we had you or not, my man. Uh, I, oh, I'm kinda... just hanging out. Here, you go ahead. I'll just listen. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I I love uh, these Saturday mornings. We've been doing them for, I don't know, what, 15 years? So uh, this will be a, a challenge this fall, but brother will put the eye black on and, and be ready to rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. What a, what a cluster bleep, and I have – I, I've, I've. There's been disappointments in life. You, you, you deal with them. You learn from them. But I have never been more frustrated uh, with uh, the the view I have of leadership. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, from the Big Ten specifically, where there are no transparent answers by the commissioner, and he and he's just seems unprepared. And this isn't just because a lot of us got an answer we didn't want. There's just no substance to that answer, and there is no uniformity with medical folks out there between the ACC, the SEC, the Big 12. The Big 12's got a loser for a commissioner, but at least he had a one sheet. <laughs> Here's our medical data. Uh, Big 10's got nada. And, and I can sense the frustration when we talked to Coach DiNardo this week. Uh, he's going to be plight towards the uh, the commissioner i mean that that's the guy in charge of the the beat you know it's the btn it's it is what it is but i mean there's so much frustration out there and there, there just aren't any answers damn you rota i guess is my summation you know look benefit of the doubt kevin warren is taking over the big 10 at a very difficult and unprecedented time right it's it's not an easy time for to be a commissioner no matter what Right. So like just don't but, suck but, at it, though, even if but it is put a that time. aside. Exactly. Put that aside. The, the thing that I think triggered so much. Ang- I think there's a couple things, but the one the, the main reason for the anger wasn't as much. I don't think that the season was ultimately canceled. I think a lot of us kind of thought that would happen eventually in some way, shape or form. They'd give it a go, but there was no way this was going to be a 
a year that just finished no problems and there'd be some sort of championship round or something. Like it just didn't seem likely. But then they went and got our damn hopes up. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? We were I was convinced this was never gonna happen. But then you allow them to train. You allow them to actually practice. We got teased. Right. You're bringing you're bringing students back on campus. There's tens of that. They got our hopes up. Kevin Warren in particular. Hell, Chris, what was it? Mid mid last week is when they come out with the with the with the six game schedule. Eight or a ten with a ten game yeah, schedule. 10. Right. And we're just sitting, you know, and we're like breaking down. Why the hell are you coming out with a schedule? Why the hell are you letting them practice? And don't give me this myocarditis crap. They've, they've been that's been like floated out there as mm-hmm. well. We got this new information about myocarditis. There's new information. If that's new information to you as a commissioner, damn, that's a that's a bigger indictment on on your leadership than I even thought because that stuff's been out since like April. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. ESPN did a big story on. It's like myocarditis is not new. It's just it's not new information. So that's the deal. Like, don't get everybody's hopes up for no reason. It just, it, they're just kicking the can down the road, avoiding the decision. And ultimately, the decision is made to avoid a potential lawsuit, it feels like. Mm-hmm. But, but we had a little text going this morning about Vince Powers. And, and Vince is going to go off the top rope with elbow and steel chair on this liability take that's that's out there, right? Well, it's really not about health and safety. It's about getting your ass sued and liability. And Vince's been a friend of the show for a lot of years, Cranach, and he he knows about, he knows about liability, my friend, and it's going to be a good 15 minutes with him coming up here about 7.30. We spoke with him last night, and Vince uh, Vince is just killer and and uh, i want you to hear that i mean we had uh, we had 100 people we could choose from this week to talk about the week that has been all right you've got coach kaczynski coach denardo coach barnett uh, bill dolman was phenomenal uh last night i mean we barker gabriel was big time brandon vogel i mean we 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 went above and beyond with just the the reaction that's been and uh, i think the the way to go this morning is the the, the the legal side versus just the the crushing emotion you have with yeah, sure. no football. But, you know, you, you, you've got a lot of anger directed by the by the Big Ten slash Northwestern Mafia this week. Uh, the national pundits getting in line with Scott Frost. Uh, and listen, you and I have covered Nebraska for a long time. We've covered Coach Frost for quite a while, different parts of his career. And I just don't look at Frost with how he handled things Monday in the timeline of the announcement Tuesday. And then by Wednesday, that math doesn't add up to me. And the answer isn't, well, Scott Frost is going rogue and demanding Nebraska leave the conference. It got so twisted it did. in the headlines yeah. and the narrative was so took off, on a life of its own off yeah. base. That I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised in in this day and age, but I can't believe that there's so many people that we've watched and listened to. Some of them we've talked to. They've been so far off base. 
Yeah. And they, they, they didn't listen, nor did they hear what Nebraska's all about and Nebraska's concerns. It's more Here's than you. about trying to, to, to be 500 or better in a league. <laughs> it's about yeah. the kids and the work they put in. And, and how I need this explained. How can the same UNMC that's been there every step of the way with Nebraska when it comes to testing and protocol be be on the advisory committee and get ignored? <laughs> There's a there are a lot of questions that you have about this, right? Like and this could be a turning point depending on how it goes. I, look, there are a lot of people out there um I think like myself that take this virus seriously, that are not, you know, not dumb about, you know what I'm saying? Like you wash your hands, you You wear the mask, you don't don't roll your eyes, you don't roll your eyes at it. Right. You you do the things that you should do because you just don't know. Right. Like I'm not doing it because I'm convinced and I know I'm doing it because I don't (laughs) like I don't know enough about the I'm not a virus expert. And if they're saying wear a mask and it could save lives then cool, I'm going to do that. Right. If you're going to if if you should hand sanitize after every everything you touch. OK, like got it. Not be, again, not because I know that that's the right thing to do It's because I don't. So I'm just going to err on the side of caution there. I think there's a lot of us that think like that and that have been doing this. But this is where it gets really twisted and where I start to wonder. Right. Start to wonder a little bit more. Not that the virus isn't serious, but just sort of the degree of how serious and how does it spread? I'm starting to wonder because how the hell are you going to bring all these hundreds of players together in a relative bubble and everything's basically fine. Like they're not catching it. They're (laughs) right. Like all the, all the, all the outbreaks have been traced back to parties. Mm -hmm. Just about all of them, right? Like Michigan state Rutgers, I'm sure there's more that I'm not even thinking about. Even some of the major league baseball players that go to strip clubs and right. So like if you go into these confined spaces with a lot of people, bang, that's generally you're gonna, you're what happens, yeah. right? Yeah. That's where it's spread. You go into confined spaces with sort of strangers that aren't, that don't necessarily follow the same protocols as you, you know, you work in a, a meatpacking plant, you work on a cruise ship, you know, you're in a, you're on a naval vessel, confined spaces are bad. It disappears. And so you start to ask questions of, okay, well, look, these guys, they confine themselves kind of to their own relative bubble. They're not going out to parties. They're not doing that sort of thing because they know that could threaten the season. Outbreaks aren't happening. You know, Michigan put out their data, Mm -hmm. which essentially said the same thing. Like, hey, ever since we've had the guys here and kind of had them under like a a strict regimen – Things have been going fine. And they had. Right. And so and so we all see that. And we're just like, OK, well, they seem to have it under control. There aren't any crazy outbreaks ever. They're probably more likely to get an, uh, to contract the virus outside of this relative bubble than they are in it. I say relative bubble because it's not a pure bubble like the NBA. By the way, the NBA hasn't had anything, have they? No. I mean, it, <laughs> right. you want to talk about a it's bunch of fun. dudes that you yeah. want to talk about a bunch of dudes that probably went into a bubble kicking and screaming where I mean think about the NBA lifestyle you're you're 20 you're a multimillionaire and attractive people want to be with you 
and there's a pretty lax drug policy. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> so all of those things have, have been put in check by the NBA and they've, they've thrived very well. All right. Yeah. So it can be done. Yeah. So look, so you see that happening and then the plug just gets pulled and it just, it doesn't really add up. Really early, really early. It, yeah. It just, it does not add up. You're like, hold on. These guys appear to be safer. I don't think anybody was saying, hey, pack Memorial Stadium. Maybe some people were, but I would not be one of them. Uh, I think if there were going if there was going to be a crowd, it was going to be a really paltry, pathetic crowd. <laughs> right? Like you can't even call it a crowd. You would just have onlookers, if anything, inside the stadiums. But you could let Michigan, who take who handles their business and has protocols and is monitoring things and has great medical care and all that, you can have them play against Nebraska who's doing the same thing, right? Like, they can do that, right? Like, yeah. what, why, why could you not do that based on the data that we've seen? Now, if an outbreak takes hold, 30 players get it or something, shut it down. And I think that's what we all thought would happen. True. Right? Sort of going into the season, you're just like, I don't know how they're going to finish a damn season, but give it a shot. Because it, it appears everything was in place. Like everything was in place to do it safely. Then it just gets pulled. And you got to wonder why. And if you, if for some reason, and I don't expect this will happen, I think the SEC and ACC are also going to pull the plug at some point here in the Big 12. Could be wrong, but it stands to reason that that'll happen. It, if it doesn't, though, and those leagues go on through the fall and just play some ball. And everything's kind of fine. My oh, God. You are going to crucify your commissioner. <laughs> even, he is going to be looking for a gig in three months. Dude, I don't even. You talk about unprecedented times. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. That would not go over well at all. And it's I, possible right now. Anything's possible. It is. I, and, and I think it's unlikely, though. I mean, do you honestly think the SEC and ACC are going to just play? No. And I think what. What there there's anger about is the timeline, the organization, and just the, the lack of communication. Because you've got Ryan Day and Jeff Brom saying, "All right, league office, fine. If you're telling us it, it's a spring season, we'll adapt and adjust." But what, what? Where's the plan? What's been going on for five months? Do you? And I think honestly. As much as Nebraska, maybe they were they were taking it on their own to go look because you had the technicality. Are you canceling or are you postponing? And pretty much from a language standpoint, if you postpone versus cancel, then you can't go shopping if you're Nebraska because you're going to play in the spring, theoretically. I don't think there's a lot of coaches or athletic directors that believe for one second that the Big Ten's serious about playing in the spring. If they are, why wasn't a plan presented Tuesday, 10 minutes after you cancel, and and move forward with at least a, a positive narrative? We just, man, we just delivered horrible news about not being able to play in the fall, but here's where, we, here's where we're going to go in the spring. All right, here's, here's a little optimism, okay? That wasn't there. You got a bunch of non-answers, and probably the worst interview I've ever seen in my life. Like when it comes to big moments and somebody in power and leadership is supposed to calm the waters or get you through a fire. 
and and poor Dave Rebson's like ready to come through the TV because he's so pissed that this guy won't answer his questions. <laughs> no, and I know, and tries to give him and, he, and he's him very, a chance, and he's very very respectful because this this guy could have his job, right? You, you don't you don't question the commissioner of your own league and 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 piss him off ever. So I just think. And then the fallout with the Desmond Howard and Wilbon and Feinbaum. And I mean, it's just, you know, and then here's Urban Meyer. Like everyone wants to take a swing at Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer has has Scott Frost's back. Ryan Day had Frost's back. And Bill Moose and and Scott Frost, the other part of this, Cranach, they, they did Nebraska extremely proud this week because of not only their stance, but how how passionate they were, and it was it was misunderstood by those who don't get Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, and it was, and all it did was expose rifts that are already there. Mm-hmm. The where, where Michael Wilbon and Desmond Howard were coming from, they obviously had preconceived feelings well, about Nebraska. Yeah, in the I mean, first it, goes, place. it goes back ten years. Yeah, you know? this just exposes it, right? This. Whatever. Those guys obviously didn't care for Nebraska being in the Big Ten in the first place. Mm-hmm. Now it's just obvious and it's just out there for everyone to see <laughs> because you, there is you said it earlier. There is no way you can take the comments that were made by Frost or anybody else and spin that into we would like to leave the Big Ten and join another conference. It's like, no, fools, we want to play football this year since we're like, I don't know, a football team. We'd like to go ahead and do that, play the sport that we practice all the time, play the sport that our own conference was saying it's fine to practice, play the sport that now I cannot get a firm answer on this, by the way, Chris, I, I, and I haven't looked hard, but you can still do 20 hours of team activities for sure. Is that 100 percent or that's, is that just that's, been that's that's my understanding, but it seems like it's just been floated, right? Like I haven't seen it like officially said that you can do 20 hours of team activities still per week as a program. Do we, we don't have that confirmed yet, right? I, we, I just, we don't. I mean, there's not been a, 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 uh, but Barry but, Alvarez alluded to it. Yeah. Yep. Right. Others have alluded to it, but I just haven't seen it actually anywhere in some sort of bylaws or new plan or anything from the, from the league that says that. Why is that? Okay. Well, like, right? Like, what are you talking about? I don't about? know. I don't know if it's a concession by the league to 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 appease when Frost says the safest place for our guys is here. When Bill Moose says the safest place for our student athletes in the fall is here. Maybe that's a way of keeping them around. I don't because that's the fallout, man. If, if you're because technically you could probably say, look, I'm just going to go straight online, take courses online and I'm going to go home. I mean that's that's a fear. I mean Nebraska lost. I I think it, it it had a hard time keeping some of the kids that got homesick. If we're just going to like expand out for two seconds with some of the defensive backs that were from Florida that they recruited right for the 2020 class, you had a bunch of kids that enrolled early, and you had a couple of high level dudes that I I think are going to be pretty talented kids. But I mean, once a dude goes home and goes back to Florida or goes back to Texas or goes back to California. I mean, it, it's, it's hard as hell to get those guys out of those states and those regions and come all the way to Nebraska. Oh, man. And then, and then be- you got the transfer situation, and you got the fifth or sixth year of eligibility. At least the NCAA is trying to do it right that way. But 
that's fine to to give guys an extra year or give a, a soccer player an extra year. But let's uh, we need some money, <laughs> okay? If you're gonna have X number of extra dudes on scholarship, NCAA reach into your piggy bank, NCAA. Uh, Big Ten, reach into your piggy bank and hand out some money to the college towns that are going to just get punched repeatedly to the tune of $300 million. And then the now, waterfall, that part, the waterfall of billions uh, when you yeah. look at the whole total math on, on the, the state economy. Now, listen, that that part. I think was that part in particular to me was a little overblown. The not not that there. Let me make sure I'm clear here. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, the, yeah, the, the, the three hundred million dollar impact on downtown Lincoln, I believe, is very real. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that playing a season this year would have softened that blow too much. It would have softened it, but because you're not going to have 90,000 people in the stands. You're just talking That's just why. just due to the pandemic. It's not a normal year, so it's not a normal sure. price, right. and it's, right. not a, no, it's not a normal no, payday. Yeah, there's no blur party. There's no tailgating under the viaduct. There's no, right, like... That stuff's it's, not it's, it's measured. It's not, it's not thousands in the fourth quarter in no. the rail yard watching that didn't go no. to the game that are dropping beer, you know... Money on beer yeah. after beer. No, it would have been some. helpful. Yes. Bars would have gotten bars would have gotten crowded. People would have watched games for sure. But it's I mean, hello. You wouldn't have all the parking and all the hotel stays and all that crap. Like it's just the rest it just wouldn't happen. It, there wouldn't be people making weekend trips out of it. <laughs> because they can't go to the freaking game. Right. You know, so like the, the, to me that part was already gonna happen. The, the the downtown Lincoln was already going to suffer a significant blow, hopefully recover some of it with some activity in bars and restaurants, I guess. But that's about it. But the but the impact on the university and on the athletic programs, very real. <laughs> and you and there is nothing. And the, the, the argument that I keep hearing, like, oh, God, people are just making this decision. They just want them to play so they can make millions. As if it's make millions to like no end, just to profit. It's not to make millions to profit, right? It's to make millions to pay for (laughs) all the teams and all of their travel and all of their games and their coaches and the medical staff and the strength and the nutritional staffs. Like it's not money for to no end. It's money that goes to good things, <laughs> right? It's just, oh, my God, this week, man. Yeah, this week is awful. Uh, but we will uh, trudge forward, and it's time to get uh, caught up for a rewind with Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, Attorney Vince Powers, Powers Law. Liability, the topic, what's real, what's make-believe with liability and universities and canceling and postponing. A quick timeout. The Rewind features Vince Powers next on college football. Liability. Hail Varsity continues presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Get the full interview of Bill Dolman and his verbal painting of Scott Frost walking into a boardroom with a wheelbarrow. 
quite funny. Uh, this from the SEC. Coaches are PO'd at one another. At least five SEC coaches expressing frustration at the lack of transparency regarding the formula when it came to adding their plus two conference games. Some people got hosed with the crossover. Some did not. Uh, let's dive into what happens next in college football. Tremendous lawyer, an attorney, a longtime uh, Nebraskan. Uh, can follow him at Vince Powers on Twitter. And Vince Powers Law is where you log on. Vince Powers with us to talk some some legal items in the world of sports. Vince, thanks for taking a few minutes out. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. I always appreciate it. you got such a great show. It's always a Honored to be invited. Well, I mean, you're uh, you're been on a number of times, and you're you make it better, Vince. So I want your your you're a football fan, man. So how, I'm going to start here. How how uh, how are you coping with the, the football news this week? Uh, you know, it's just it's just depressing. There's no other <laughs> word for it. I, there's no silver lining. There's nothing. You know, Vince, is, is this nothing. is this about? What do you, what's your read on this, man? Is this about health and safety, or is this just about liability? Well, I, I, I don't know why they did it, but it's not about liability. And, okay. and I think what happens, Chris, is because the legal system is a mystery to most people, and as well it should be, most people don't want to have to deal with the legal system, there's a lot of misconceptions. And let's say you want to make a tough, you want to make a tough decision. The easiest thing in the world to do is blame lawyers, blame legal system. And so I've seen this going on about well, they want to, they're worried about their legal liability, and it's just not, it's just not there. Uh, think about what they're really saying, which is we are going to allow students on campus, and the at, the athletes. We're not going to let them play football because of the liability that could come if they were infected. And, of course, under the law, you got to prove it. Mm-hmm. You can't just say it or, or, or put it out in, in some press release. And it's next to impossible to prove where a person got infected. For example, if you have all these students living in a dorm, going to class, getting in that tiny elevator in Old Father, uh, going, you sharing common bathrooms in the fraternity house and sorority house and the student union to suggest that therefore somebody's out uh, and a couple football players or a couple volleyball players test positive. It was because they had participated in sports. You, you have to prove it. it. It's called causation. And how do you know that they didn't get it when their mom and dad came to visit them? So sure. it's just a cop out. I, I, I Everybody listening to this, everybody involved wants safety, and I, I think, I, I, and I think that Scott Frost and, and everyone involved in the athletic department, they would not have said we're ready to play if they felt it would endanger their players. And the great thing about their comments are they're not going to Doctor YouTube; they're going to the doctors at the University of Nebraska Medical Center. You can't get anybody better in the country, and and so it's. It's so easy to say, oh, you know, we're doing it for legal liability, but that's just simply hogwash. 
Vince Powers with us, Powers Law, talking uh, the the topic of liability here. And so I sent you, it was an article, and, and he's not the most favorite person in the state of Nebraska this week, Pat Forty from Sports Illustrated. And, and he talked to, uh, to uh, some folks around the college football world. And, uh, you know, the, the quote that sticks with me here is whatever conference decides to play football this fall, they'll be, take, they'll be taking a ridiculously high risk they may soon regret. And uh, I know that they have talked with some of the, the best plaintiffs lawyers in the country last week, and they're praying the SEC, the Big 12 or the ACC are greedy enough to stay the course. Vince, let's talk about. Uh, yeah, but that's the, just that's the, just so wrong. I mean, okay. it, it, the the play number one players get hurt all the time, mm-hmm. and I bet if they played football at Nebraska at the end of the season, there'd be more people who had shoulder surgeries, knee surgeries, concussions than than were infected. But again, you have to prove up somehow that there was negligence. And the, about the only case you can really remember where anybody got sued successfully was in Maryland where, where that player was forced to run. He was under the complete control of a coach on the field, sure. and there was no question that, that uh, his death was directly caused by that workout. That's not the situation here. And, I, I, you know, they, they're just saying that to give themselves an out. I mean, this is – a question, how would you prove that playing football got you the virus as opposed to, uh, you know, just going to your dorm? Sure. And, and, and a better example of it is I, there's some been some horrible things that have happened, very tragic deaths in meatpacking plants. Mm-hmm. But under Nebraska workers' compensation law, it's going to be very difficult for that family to recover because you have to prove – they got infected at that meat packing plant, not at their home, not somewhere else. It's, a, it's the easiest thing in the world is to say, oh, it's a lawsuit. But it's, it's, they're just very difficult to win. And I don't doubt that a sports writer wants to say that and talk to leading players. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. and what are your damages? If somebody gets the virus, unless it's something tragic with the heart, uh, you know, it's two weeks. No, no jury's going to award and say, oh, geez. This this fella got the the virus, and so for two weeks he was quarantined or was asymptomatic. And and I'm not in any way downplaying the risks that come from the virus. I'm just saying the idea that the legal system is in the way is simply not accurate. And look at the University of Nebraska. They were willing to play football. The legal counsel for the University of Nebraska, they're very good. They're out there in Varner Hall, and they're very good lawyers, and they are assisted by very good lawyers on outside counsel. And if there was a hint of harm, uh, you would not have seen the coach of the football team saying, we're ready to play. And so I, I, I you know, I think I made my point. You did. No, and I appreciate, I appreciate your take on this because – Vince, that's the narrative, bud, and and you're dispelling that narrative where, well, it's a liability issue, and and you're making it abundantly clear, and I that's why I wanted you on. That listen, that's 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 not it. <laughs> so I so it is it is uh, health and safety, and it's it's so different, isn't it? It's different in Nebraska 
and it's different in Iowa, and it's way different, of course, in Florida, and it's different in California. And, you know, it's just interesting that there are some states willing to push forward and kick off as we talk now, maybe not in two weeks. Yeah. And and now, I mean, look at Iowa and Iowa State, for God's sake. <laughs> They're not that far apart, but someone, yeah, and, and someone may be starting. Yeah, and the laws in Iowa are the same, you know. Yeah. yeah I mean, no, the I same know. liability law in Ames is the same as it is in <laughs> Iowa City, if that were a real issue. But, again, it just goes back to the to the fact that, the easiest people to blame are lawyers and a system that you're not that familiar with. I, I don't know why they're not playing. My, I, my suspicion is if you're an athletic, if you're a university president, I'm a university president, the easiest call is to cancel it. Mm-hmm. And that way you don't have to worry about if something happens. But, uh, you know, they're playing high school football and they don't have any of that and any, any of the protections that are in. And if you think about it, if you were a freshman football player at the University of Nebraska, the peer pressure on you to not go to that house party would be enormous. How would you like to be the guy that got the four seniors to have to miss their three final games? Right. You'd be transferring. You know, and, 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 and now what peer pressure is there? No. Well, I, I mean, I don't, it's, I, it's commitment to, to be able to play in the spring. And, Vince, yeah. I don't know that we'll get a spring, brother. I don't have any faith in that either. No, it's 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 just not a good situation. I wish, and we all we all want it to go away, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the best decision is. But what I guess, Chris, what and and you know, you've had so many great guests on. The thing is, why hasn't anybody come out and said, "Here's the medical evidence upon which we rely"? Well, I mean, what we lawyers say all the time is. Upon what facts do you base your opinion? So in this case, upon what facts do you base your opinion that playing athletics raises the risk, is too great a risk, when you have 30,000 students on your campus already? Donardo nailed it. He said, look, it's the same information. It's just being interpreted differently. Period. Yeah. And, and you've got medical items uh, from the Pac-12, they had their release. You've got this heart ailment that, that there are concerns about due to COVID, right? Where, where, and you got the Indiana sure. essay by the mother about her, her baby boy that was in incredible health and shape and he's one case. Now, I don't know if it's all COVID or if there were some other underlying conditions. I don't know. I just know that, that I think the heart issue came on the radar over last weekend for the Big Ten, and that probably freaked them out. But, yeah, you, you've got a ton of medical folks and brilliant people. The, the same folks that are saying and telling Nebraska it's all good, and Nebraska's done a great job of getting ready when it comes to health and safety for their kids and all fall sports. Nebraska's got people on the board helping advise the Big Ten, so who else is the Big Ten listening to? Apparently they're listening to the, the Michigan president, who's also an immunologist, too. I mean, so you've got different takes on things. Right, and and, and you'd like to think that the uh, football fans of the Big Ten could at least get the reasoning why. Yeah, give and me I a guess why. I just fall... I, 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 actually, I don't. I mean, I, I think... University, I, my whole take on the pandemic is I didn't take organic chemistry in college, so I listened to the people who did. And so <laughs> they wouldn't let me in the room, Vince. <laughs> I know, and I saw the book. I saw my daughter's book. That's scary. Yeah. So what what you have to do, and and 
I can't imagine that anybody affiliated with the University of Nebraska would have said, would have, you know, here, here's how there could be liability. Let me just get back to why I'm here. Vince, I, Vince I've, I've, got, Vince, I've got 30 seconds before i got to hit a break. Right. Can, I, can, I, can I keep you for two minutes with the liability thought? Absolutely. Hang on the line Absolutely. for me. Hang on the line for me. All right. More from Vince Powers, Powers Law. We're getting kind of a breakdown and a painting that that has existed. They're not going to play ball because they're afraid of getting sued. I wanted a lawyer and a great lawyer to tell me what he thought of that. And is that valid? And it's it's a health and safety, but we're back on to the, hey, there's five different answers to the same question. It depends who you're asking. Um, One more thought from Vince Powers on liability. Tail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Vince, thanks for hanging on the other side with us. You were going to comment one more one more uh, point on on the liability issue with COVID and college football. The floor is yours. Sure, sure. Uh, thank you. One way there'd be liability would be let's say that your medical experts at UNMC have sent emails or sent a memo to the athletic department and said playing athletics will increase the chances of getting infected by 25 percent and those emails are destroyed and you go ahead and play now you and we all know that's not what's happening right but for there to be some kind of liability there has to be some kind of wrongdoing and or the other way would be there are no students on campus there's one athletic dorm where the volleyball and the cross country and the football players are all locked in they never go anywhere and then they they play in their sports and they're they're being infected so you could actually show and trace back to that dorm. But otherwise, if you have 30,000 people on campus, there's absolutely, you, you have to have, you're never going to be able to show where you got infected from. And I would think the common bathrooms in the student union or the frat house or the dorm or the sorority are much more likely of a, of a hot spot than this highly regulated athletic department. And, uh, so I, I just see the liabilities as an easy way for these folks to justify a decision rather than just come out here and say, here's the medical evidence, and we're all reasonable people. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody wants anybody to be harmed by anything, and it's just unfortunate that we're going to have this uh, really difficult fall without knowing why. Mm. So, Vince, it seemed like two weeks ago liability waivers were the big hot word in college football. The NCAA wanted them, the institutions wanted them, but players didn't want to sign them. Do you really think that was the final nail in the coffin, these liability waivers, or is that just not the issue here? That's just not the issue. And, and liability waivers, by the way, they're not really that enforceable. Okay. I mean, there has to be, for, for there to be liability, there has to be negligence. There has to be some wrongdoing, some, something where they're not doing something. Uh, and I go back to the Maryland football player, who died. I bet he'd signed some kind of waiver. But he got a coach on the field making him run, as I recall, in, the, in that very hot weather, and he, he was very heavy, and he died. I mean, that, that's negligence, and everyone can see that was the cause. So first, got to have your negligence. Second, you have to be able to say, as a result of the negligence, uh, this, this student was infected. And then, then you have to have causation. And, you know, when people are writing in Sports Illustrated, it's very easy to say, oh, gosh, people are going to get infected. But in a courtroom, you have to have evidence. You have to have proof. And you have the burden of persuasion as a plaintiff's lawyer. And it's a, it's a burden. And you have to come forward and you have to be able to say, this is how the person got it. 
it's more likely than not that it came because he played uh, football at, at somewhere and or played volleyball. That's that's a tough one. And so I, I just two weeks ago, right? I I don't know what they were really thinking, and I, I understand that about waivers, but. You know, waivers have to be fully informed, assumption of the risk, all those things. And, and, and it just still goes back to you got to prove how the person contracted it. And if you ordered, if it's safe enough to go to campus, then it's safe enough to play football unless you can tell us how that risk of being in that competition, uh, you know, and then maybe their study, there was one in Oregon that I read where the, the doctors there just said, well, you need social distancing and the linemen need to wear masks. I got a feeling they would be happy to wear masks. We got guys working eight, men and women working eight hours a day in meatpacking plants wearing masks and wearing face shields. Far more difficult uh, than, than, than if you had to wear a mask as a lineman. It's- so. That's my take. No, I appreciate it. Vince, we will let you get to your Friday evening. It was awesome to to spend a couple of segments with you, and thanks for your clarity on this. Thanks for your time, as always. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now... And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Let's have you back in Tower 2. It's Weekend Edition. Hail Varsity Radio. Presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt. Mark Cranach. Elijah Herbal. You can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. At Mark Skurs. At Herbal Essence. We welcome in managing editor. With HaleVarsity.com and magazine, Brandon Vogel. Also, his book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion, at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogues, uh, it's been a, a myriad of, of emotions this week, Monday to Tuesday. And uh, now we get to the end of the week, and the weekend is here with uh, a little bit of a change in the which way the wind's blowing. And as much as Coach Frost was crucified during the week uh the other side uh the the agreement uh is is blowing kind of back into the face of some of those folks who took shots at frost uh, earlier in the week how how have you assessed this week as a guy who's covered nebraska as long as you have as much as you have where nebraska's been uh, a relevant part of the discussion because of how things started off on monday yeah, it's been it's been strange. I, I I guess how have I been? Uh, sad for the most part. I mean, I think, and that's going to take a long way to go away. And uh, I've, I've had other emotions aside from that. But when you kind of get down to what's what's underneath it all, it's just I'm I'm sad. I'm sad about to have college football. Uh, it's it's uh, a big deal, obviously, in a lot of places throughout the country. Um, it, the, the Scott Frost, Nebraska sort of media saga of the past week has, has been interesting uh, because it, in my view, it, it's been based totally on, on, on kind of perception. Uh, so, so Monday is like almost out of the discussion for me. Like there were a bunch of coaches that came out and kind of, you know, 
saw that their their seasons were potentially hanging by a thread and, and tried to do what they could and, and tried to convey that, hey, we think we can do this and we want to do this. Okay, that's fine. You know, so I think a lot of it started with just kind of the tone of, of Nebraska's statement in light of the decision. You know, it stood out from the other 13 Big Ten teams. Um, that's that's notable. But, you know, nothing, nothing about that said specifically Nebraska was, was looking to get out. Any of the stuff that, that – it, it all became, but you just kind of go back to the tone. And, and somehow, like, the, the various ingredients that were out there with what Nebraska had said in those two points got, got combined to say, well, they're, 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 <laughs> they're whining. Everybody wants to play. You're not special Nebraska for that reason. And, and I, 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 can, I can see it, too. I mean, the fact is, on Thursday, there was only one Big Ten school that had to come out and confirm its commitment to the Big Ten. And, and maybe that was just – reaction to the perception but it's just you know it, it's a little bit of the cycle i think right now i think it's a lot of a lot of it is just frayed nerves and, and raw emotion um because you know everybody football is a big big deal in this country uh and it means a lot to a lot of places so you're always going to have sort of a contentious back and forth i mean that's to some degree that's a good good part of the history of college football itself Brandon Vogel is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Brandon, you look, I, I know you take the virus seriously. You know, I know you take social distancing and all that. You wear masks, you sanitize, you, you know, do all the things that you could do. And mainly because we don't know, right? Like, we don't know. <laughs> We're not virus experts. But when the experts are saying that's what you should do, do it, right? Like, err on the side of caution here. Um, but then, then you hear Barry Alvarez say, you can have 20 hours of team activities, right? Uh, I, have you seen that confirmed anywhere? I, just real quick, have is that for sure? By the way, I'm just I I have not. Um, okay. I know other Big Ten sports have not been officially informed um, okay. of of what they can do, and that's about all I know at this point. Okay, so how do we reconcile this stuff? All right, like take the virus seriously. We know it's a big deal. Uh, they were allowed to practice up until, you know, a week ago or a few days ago, whatever. No major outbreaks. They can still hold team activities for 20 hours a week. Students are being let back on campus. Like, how, <laughs> what? How are you reconciling all that? It. it it does not seem to make sense why it is being shut down. I'm just curious how you you are parsing through all of that information. That's very conflicting. Uh, I'm not I'm not reconciling it, Mark. And I, I, I know that's kind of a, a bad answer, but I think that's I think that's really why you're why we're here. Um, is when you you started to look at it, there's just there was so much uncertainty, um, and, and not just like okay, how safe can these guys be? I mean, if if that was the the primary like issue that college football as a as a whole, even though it doesn't exist as a whole, uh, but for the sake of argument, had to, had to solve. Like we we've seen that all of these individual schools have come up with plans, and they're they're plans based on medical evidence. They're all talking to medical advisors. Um, okay, can feel all right with that. And obviously, just like with return to general students return to campus for, for universities, whether they play football or not, huge incentive, financial incentive to do that. Mm-hmm. Got that part of it. But then there's every the, the question
questions just spin and spin forever and ever of, you know, what happens when one of the quarterbacks gets <laughs> potentially test positive? Okay, well, do you, do you have to quarantine the entire room? All, all of these hypotheticals that I hate even, like, going into because there's just no answers. And what we're really seeing here, in my opinion, is not just the lack of kind of central leadership for college football because, I mean, the sports existed for a long time without that. It's just there's in, – in so many cases <sighs> – Everyone can kind of be like, well, I think we can do it, So, but you have to make the call, so it's up to you. And that, that person can then kick it up another level and kick it up another level. And eventually you get to a conference where who knows how the Big Ten actually voted. You know, we saw reports of 12 to 2. Uh, I don't put a ton of stock in those, but, you know, it, it's we know that there were definitely schools in the conference that were willing to go. Um, but there's just with so much uncertainty, it, it, you know, not being 14 to nothing to play basically becomes enough, I think, in the case of the Big Ten, to say, well, we just don't know, so we can't go. Brandon, the whole storyline all summer was wait and see. We're going to wait and see if we can have a fall football season. We get here, and now the Big Ten says no. So what has to change between now and, say, January or February for us to get a spring football season? Uh, maybe, I mean, this sounds, this sounds insane, but uh, I mean, <clears throat> we've had five months basically to this point from, from when the NCAA shut down in March, uh, shut down those spring championships to now. Um, but I just think time <laughs> is, is a little bit, it still helps, uh, not in terms of like, oh, maybe the vaccine will show up uh, by the time January gets here. I don't think that's, that's happening. Um, but just time to to continue trying to play out these these uh, kind of war game scenarios and, and have a better plan in place. I mean, we're seeing now with some of the reports coming out about the Big Ten and other conferences that they they're not they weren't very far down the line. Uh, the, the common refrain there seems to be like, "Well, what are you doing for the past five months?" Uh, which which I get. Um, it's just it's it's a massive it's a massive problem. Uh, and an unforeseen one. There, there's no clear path. Uh, you're kind of dropped in the middle of the forest at night with no flashlight. Uh, so you, you do the best you can. You hope maybe some time, some more time can help with that. You would hope that kind of going through the past couple of weeks that we had for those, those conferences that made the decision not to play, uh, you'd learn a little bit about, about this and, and listen to people and understand, like, okay, well, we need to have – if it was before this, like, we have to be able to answer every question there is. Uh, here, you at least know, like, okay, well, these 25 questions are the ones that seem most important to people. Vogues, if you were to put uh, a one sheet together for Commissioner Warren for his next interview, what advice would be on that sheet? Um. <laughs> Don't go on. Don't go on BCN uh, just because you, you you can. I mean, <laughs> I should be careful with that because because normally uh, normally I would advocate for that, and it, it wasn't. It just well, maybe that's not even it. Maybe it's like have a little bit. If you're going to go on, basically 45 minutes after the Big Ten releases that announcement, um, and it, it's going to be kind of strictly strictly the, the lawyer kind of approach where you have to be really careful with what you say like 
then don't do it. Like, put out the statement. Um, you know, you'll probably talk to some people individually at some point. But it just to see him be up there and be like, well, he didn't say this, but basically, like, well, I have to be careful with what I say here. And uh, it didn't do much. And, and, you know, we saw with the Pac-12, them kind of put out some of the information that was – used in their decision, it would be really helpful for, for the Big Ten, Big Ten to do that as well. When you look at the medical advisory board that they had, um, you know, chaired by someone at Nebraska Medical Center and, and featuring some of the best medical schools and, and teaching colleges in the country, um, it, it'd be really interesting to know what they were looking at. Uh, they haven't put that out yet. Uh, so it just wasn't very transparent. It was made the decision. Uh, we really regret it. We wish we weren't here and now I'm not really going to say a whole lot more about it. Um, so, and, and that's tough at a time when when emotions are so high for a lot of people. Yeah, Brandon, I think maybe we're not surprised ultimately at where we landed. You know, I think when this thing dropped back in March or April, we're just kind of like, well, there goes the season, right? But then you just get your hopes up as the summer goes along because they're allowing practice and all that. But ultimately, we landed in a spot where, you know, they're not playing do you think that the Big 12, the SEC, the ACC are going to follow suit, or do you think they are actually going to play some semblance of a season? Uh, like I did with Nebraska, the Big Ten, college football in general, I, I kind of continue to go to go back and forth. I, I will be surprised if, if they do end up going forward. I mean – the Big 12, uh, it seems like kind of, or at least it did seem like maybe the, the one that was wavering most. We always kind of consistently heard today, the SEC, ACC, they're, they're in it together. But, you know, you look at the ACC right now, and Syracuse is having problems, Pitt's having problems. And unlike the SEC, which is relatively condensed in terms of its geographic footprint, ACC goes from, from Boston to Miami all the way west to to Pittsburgh, and well, and now it includes Notre Dame um, for this year. So that's just a massive area. And, you know, to go back to the just like the, the mountain of questions is endless. Um, when you get into like even the potential for legal issues here, you're dealing with different like precedents in each and every state, which, which, you know, makes things hard, even if, even if liability is kind of like a, a long shot, you know, I know a lot of people talk about that, but it's, it's hard to prove Well, you're proving something different in Pennsylvania than you are in Massachusetts. And it's, it's just those things that, that keep coming up and, and you don't have good answers for them. Uh, so, so what do you do? Like, I can see uh, longer the SEC holds out, I think kind of the greater the incentive becomes to try and do it. Um, so, so maybe we get a couple of weeks in, but I'll be very surprised if those schools play their scheduled 10 games this fall. Brandon Vogel's joining us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine Managing Editor at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogel's uh, a thought here uh, when we kind of zoom out around the Big Ten. What's your reaction to, to Urban Meyer's take on things? He came out last night uh, in, in vocal support of, of, you know, how Coach Frost has reacted. Also, you have Iowa parents, uh, <laughs> some with, uh, you know, degrees in medicine, uh, writing the Big Ten. Do you think the Big Ten is 
they can't walk this back, but do you think the Big Ten's regretting making their decision too soon? I know I'm asking you to speak for a freaking conference, sorry, but I'm just saying <laughs> if they could hit redo, do you think they would? Uh, no. It, I mean, of course, it's hard to say with, without knowing exactly what the decision was based on, really. And, and again, that's a, that's a huge problem. You know, we're, we're – four days removed from that now. And like none of, and I mean, everyone's out there trying to get to do additional reporting on this. And, and none of us really kind of answered that central question like, to, in a way that people can understand, like, okay, uh, even if I don't agree, I at least see what you're seeing. Um, but no, like, and, and, and that's just kind of me accounting for, cause it doesn't add up. Okay. We know the big 10 has a long history of, kind of what I call big 10 exceptionalism and, and, you know, and it's, it's real, like them being out here being first was kind of the latest proof that, yeah, they, they kind of take that, their role, that role for the big 10 pretty seriously, um, whether they should or not. But just thinking about why is, why were they the first ones out there when it seems like, wait, let's wait. Uh, you just put the schedule out a week ago. Um, I just don't see the Big Ten kind of regretting that decision this quickly. There's a reason they got out there and did it, even if we don't know it. And even if when we see it, we may be displeased by it. There was a reason. And I have to think they felt pretty solid in it to do it. Brandon Vogel is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Um, real quick, go back to, say, the SEC plays. I think it's unlikely as well, but say it happens. How bleak, how much does that screw Nebraska in the Big Ten long term? Like, if that happened, if ACC, SEC, Big 12, they're playing ball and Nebraska's just, you know, chilling at the training table. Um, I don't think, I don't think that much. Um, maybe a little bit early on, you know, I, I guess. And, you know, I've seen people attack this from, from, from different angles. It's like, well, if they're out there playing, they're signaling to everybody that football just matters more there. It's like, okay, fine. Um, I guess maybe that sentiment can exist for, you know, a couple of years. But the fact of the matter is, is each SEC team can sign 25 recruits. And maybe they're the 25 best recruits that every school and everyone else is, is left picking over the leftovers. I don't think it's going to happen. It's not how recruiting works. Kids want different things. Um, so, so there's that angle, the, the competitive angle kind of, I mean, if we're looking at, I guess the big thing would be if we're looking at the sec kind of getting a fall season in, most of the others do go ahead and play something in the spring. Um, you're looking at 2021 when hopefully you're back to a 12 game schedule. Like, yeah. Then the sec teams are going to have a pretty good advantage for basically that season. I just think, I don't think there, I don't see the long-term impacts of it, I guess, Mark. I, I think there's something there. Um, it, it's going to be tough to swallow to, to potentially sit there and watch SEC football, but um, all fall, but if that's all we have, I guarantee you I will be. Vogue's uh, last thought, and I just, he's a, a guy that you've spent time with and I've spent time with, and what's your, what's your reaction to to the Ralph Brown situation. I know that that's been on social media. There's been some of his his teammates that that have posted on social media and um, 
ex-wife. Can you reset that, Chris, for people that don't know? Yeah, and and just the situation is this, and we we've all spent time with Ralph, you know, um, and he's been on the show a lot, you know, over the years. So Ralph Brown is the uh, the former Husker All American guy started. You know, the first guy to start since World War II era uh, at cornerback, uh, part of the national championship team. And uh, Steve Warren posted this, and, and I had seen a little bit of it here, but uh, you've got entertainment tonight uh, with an interview with uh, Ralph's ex-wife, Amanda Smith. And she went on E uh, E.T., and just kind of laid out that, you know, her husband's been missing since last August. And I was talking with Elijah and I'm like, didn't we just didn't we talk to Ralph last August before the season kicked off? We'd always get Ralph on to do a, kind of a preview, you know, I mean, between the NFL and, and college football, Ralph's been a really good uh, resource and just a great dude. But he's just not been heard nor seen of. Uh, by his his ex wife, and she's reached out to his family, and there's been no contact. And, and I, last I talked to Ralph, he was in Mexico, and he was he's also been doing some training, and he was he was working on doing some some agent type things. Uh, so that's that's my last communication with him. There's a couple of times I reached out, never heard back, and. I mean, the social media, he doesn't have his Twitter anymore. So that's kind of the, the, the back story. Cranach, is that accurate, do you think? From, from what I've seen, yeah. He just yeah. sort of he shut down his phone, shut down his Twitter. Yeah. Nobody's heard from him and, since and now what, she's And she's on a, a reality show, you know, selling Sunset, and that's on Netflix. And she's kind of asking out loud in front of a camera, you know, where, where are you at? And uh, the last I saw Ralph, I mean, he's – he was he was posting food pictures and he's having a good time with his kids. So uh, this is a little bit frightening, Vogues. And I wanted to kind of get your your sense because I know you've you've spent time with him as well. Yeah, you know, uh, just uh, on my end, concern. Uh, he he was one of the uh, the former Huskers that I, that I probably talked to more more often than. Than others, I guess. Um, just you know, he was he was always really generous with his time, yeah. and I always really enjoyed just uh, his his knowledge and his expertise with football and his willingness to kind of to share it uh, at multiple times over the years since we've been doing Hale Varsity. Um, that said, you know, I wasn't <laughs> we weren't chatting often enough that that I was even aware of this until I started seeing some of his his teammates um, posting about it and. You know, it's at, it's at that point where I'm like, oh my gosh, what's what's going on here? Because, like you said, um, you know, Ralph was always uh, ready to talk. He was always just uh, kind of happy and uh, a really positive person. And, and we, you know, from everything I know, a devoted father. Um, so, so it's it's a little bit concerning. Uh, and I, I hope uh, I hope we can as as this kind of spreads. You know, like I didn't know about it until last night. Um, so just that knowledge that's out there that uh, something can happen here. It, it's it's just eerie, and I, I hope things are okay. But in, this is probably a too soon take. But uh, if if I'm not if if I'm him, 
<laughs> or it's just me. The last thing I want my my ex wife I want my ex wife doing is jumping in front of E Entertainment or E T Entertainment Tonight. Forgive me, and and just trying to drum up publicity for my stupid Netflix show. <laughs> I mean, that that's uh, she looks awful right now in in my view of just how she's going about things because if you filed a missing person report and you haven't heard from your hu- your ex-husband i mean she looks i don't know man I, I i don't think it looks great on her end um and his well-being is first and foremost what i care about but i just think she looks shallow so there i'm going to be an a-hole this morning Well, I mean, I'll say this at least, whether, whether you know, it's the, the preferred decision or not. Um, like I said, I, until, until you know, that story kind of prompted some, some former Huskers that I hadn't seen yet uh, kind of mentioning it. Uh, mm-hmm. So it at least got the word out there to me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I understand. It, it's in, what's, what's in that story uh, is, is one person's kind of uh, – description and mm-hmm. one person who, who should, should know. Um, but you know, now we're seeing her team, Ralph's teammates basically saying, yeah, we haven't been able to get in touch with them either. That's right. the point where I was kind of like, okay, yep. um, this is, this is concerning. Yeah, no, that's, that's kind of same page, man, where other guys haven't heard from him either. So hope he's doing okay. Vogues, uh, you take care, bud. Stay safe and healthy this weekend. Thanks for your time. And thanks for your input with uh, the week that's been, I appreciate you. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right, there he is. Brandon Vogel with us. Cranach, this, yeah, this, this, I just wanted to get it out there on, on the, I don't know. What's your view on it? What's your takeaway? Just, I, I didn't know about it till to like yesterday, today either. And it was just like, oh, yeah, he has kind of, yeah, where is he? We, we I mean, like every spring game, we'd, we'd see the dude, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's puzzling. It's, I mean, it's a, sounds like a legitimate missing person case yeah and but, has been for a long time that's the other thing i mean you're talking about a year but she, you know like I, that's, if, if i'm that's if going. i'm on camera with a missing person thing i'm like i'm a mess yeah. i'm a mess and she went on camera to complain <laughs> yeah, i don't i didn't see her thing or listen to her or, or at all but yeah i know i know that's what sparked everybody being like oh yeah what what uh, uh, I hope dude's so, all right. He's yeah. He was he was, he was he was good when we talked to him about a year ago. So we'll yeah, uh, run down the yeah. We'll run down the Iron Horse. Gary Sharp's on the way. Tail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're going to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. Then two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. Weekend edition of Tale Varsity. It's presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. Thanks to Brandon Vogel and the uh, liability side of things from Vince Powers. Earlier part of our rewind, we welcome in the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp. Sharpie, uh, what a week it's been. I'm interested to get your take on things, and and we all knew that the season would probably be a long shot, but the season getting the the plug pulled as soon as it did 
is is what's hard to uh, to, to fathom. What's been your takeaway on the Nebraska narrative this week? Well, it's uh, kind of that line from the Animal House Warren. Uh, you know, drop the bomb and the big you know, one. <laughs> yeah, you're. Uh, you know, I, I think you can do two things here, and I'm glad Nebraska disappointed, and I wasn't surprised. You know, um, Scott Frost is wears his emotions on his sleeve when it comes to Nebraska football. I've always said this: he's a alum, he's a coach, former player, fan, former media member, so he's got a different perspective on Nebraska. But I think where you got Nebraska's narrative and being disappointed and what they said on Monday and the brief statement they said on Tuesday and then forced because there was so much wrong narrative coming out about Nebraska had to respond on Thursday is I think that's true disappointment from the fact that Nebraska did everything that they were told they had to do to, to have the opportunity to play when they showed up on June 1. And they went above and beyond to protect their student-athletes and were doing the right thing. And I think they were moving forward, and they were frustrated they weren't getting real good answers from the Big Ten. And I think, you know, medical advisors they're hearing from are saying that if everything falls in line, you can, it's doable, you can play. And to have it, a decision that quick without input, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of frustration. But what, what this week showed me is where college football is at. It's kind of like when you, you go to your mom and you say, hey, can I do this? And she says, no. But then you run to your dad and say, hey, can I do this? And he says, yes. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and play a college football season. What happened this week with the two that said no and the three that are forging ahead is kind of the chaos of America. It matches what's going on in this country, and it's frustrating, it's sad, it's depressing, it's surreal that Nebraska is not going to play football in the fall that they're, they're essentially going to go from November 29th of 2019 to August 28th of 2021 without playing a football game. So, I mean, we all, we all rode the emotions. But, but to, to, to wrap this up, I think what it showed this week is for the first time in a while, and we're around it every day, guys, we talk about it, we talk to people, and you know, this is a fan base that is a little bit fractured by where is the success coming from? How come it's not coming quicker? I don't like this. Oh, I like this. We got a unifying of the fan base this week. People were in it to protect Nebraska's back, and I was disappointed at media people that I know pretty well. This was beneath them to take shots at Nebraska without knowing the facts and listening to what the head coach said. And at that press conference was on Monday. It wasn't on Tuesday after the Big Ten made a decision. So it's a weekend full of emotions, and I'm not sure where we go from here. That still, there's a lot more questions there are than there are answers. Well, here's one question. Are they going to actually play in the spring? That's a farce. I, I don't, yeah. you know what? I think they're going to try. I think they're going to try. You can, you know, kudos to Jeff Brown and Ryan Day for immediately coming up with plans. Ryan Day has an agenda. He has an incredible roster. He has NFL guys that he wants to have one last go around in an Ohio State uniform. But it's quick. Everybody quit calling it spring ball. It's winter ball. We're in Big Ten country. We are not in the tropics. You're playing in the winter. It's cold. It's not, you know, you never know what you're going to get in terms of weather. Um, but if you're, going to, if you're going to remove the student part from the athlete, then I guess we could talk. But I think it's unrealistic to ask a student athlete to play two seasons in one year, regardless of what winter ball looks like in terms of games. Um, because here's the other thing, guys. If you are a coach, an administrator, a student athlete in the Big Ten, and you feel like the rug was pulled out from you this week without even giving it a chance, 
if they set course on a spring season or winter ball and they don't have it because of health and you can't play it safely, the Big Ten is done. The Big Ten is absolutely done if you promise the spring season and you're not able to go through with it. So I think this league as a whole, even though they all want to play, and, they, and, and you don't even know what eligibility would look like, rosters would look like for winter slash spring ball, you've got to protect the fall of 2021 schedule at all costs. You've got to make sure that that season starts, that it is some sense of normalcy, that you can get back to where your stands are full. That would be my focus to make sure that you can play that. And you know what? Maybe for one year, there's an ability to add an extra conference game for everybody so that there's more money in the coffer. But I, I can't, I just can't see spring, winter spring ball happening safely. And, and, and to do two seasons and who would be eligible, too many questions. Gary Sharp's joining us, Weekend Edition, Hale Varsity Radio. There are a ton of questions here, and we've had such pretty strong and stable leadership for a number of years in the Big Ten, and Nebraska's been in the league 10 years. That's kind of when we first got to know Jim Delaney, uh, his message, listening to him, and just what type of iron fist that dude had. And he had communication. He had great communication with the SEC. This thing, I think, got off on the wrong foot, Sharpie, where you had the the Power Five commissioners on a conference call, and then bang, the Big Ten's the first to, uh, to get out in front and say, well, we're just going conference only. And there was no communication from the Big Ten to, uh, to others. And that was kind of frowned upon by, by other conference commissioners. And then they followed suit. Now the Big Ten's the first to, to postpone uh, football. In, in your opinion, what, how, how tight, how uncomfortable – did things get between Warren and Nebraska and where Nebraska wanted to go? And that was echoed by a Ryan Day. That was echoed by a, a, a Michigan. That was echoed by a Penn State, not to the, the vocal levels. And again, I'm not, I, I really appreciate what Coach Frost did on Monday and how Nebraska and the administration were all on the same page Tuesday with their statement of disappointment. But where's Nebraska at with the Big Ten right now? And I'm not talking jumping ship tomorrow. I'm just talking long term. Is this something that will be remembered and not forgiven or forgotten? Or can they just move on moving forward if they can get to spring ball or back to to full strength fall football at some point? Where Are, are they on even footing with one another now? Well, I, I think the identities are different, you know. The Big Ten's identity is more Ivy League yeah. than it is anything else. Nebraska's identity when it comes to football is more SEC. So I don't think you're ever going to get on the same page in terms of that. Um, guys, let's, let's be honest. Nebraska's voice, Nebraska has a large brand, uh, but they haven't been. They're like a sandwich without the meat. They got a couple of really good looking buns, but the meat is missing, which tops off the sandwich. When you're 7 and 16 against Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin, since you've been in the league and you've lost you know, five straight to Iowa, you don't have the backing on the field. That's where I think there's a little chip on the shoulder motivation to get this going sooner than later to have success on the field. But I, you know, that goes back to the first question. They kind of felt pretty good about what they had in 2020, and, and now you've got to wait until 2021. I think Nebraska's relationship with the Big Ten needs some 
about better communication? Because Nebraska wasn't going to leave the Big Ten. That would be that would not be the right move. Independent life is not the way to go. Nebraska doesn't have that in them to be able to have an independent uh, football program. They also benefit greatly on both sides, academics and athletics, from the Big Ten. So they were never going to leave the Big Ten. They just wanted to know and get some clarification on, was the season postponed or canceled? And if it was either of those, do we have a loophole to where we could go and play four games? You're not giving us a handout, and we're losing all this money, and we want to be able to try and recoup some of that money. I think the communication throughout the league really rode its ugly head during all of this. And we don't know if Kevin Warren was run over by the presidents and out of these decisions were his voice. He was just the person that was out in front. I think we need to learn that because right around the corner will be the start of TV negotiations. What do we talk about? Man, Nebraska gets 50-plus million for the Big Ten because of the TV money. Well, that TV money is going to look a lot different in a couple of years, and you've got to have a Jim Delaney type sitting at the table to try and get as much money as possible for the league. Is Kevin Warren that guy. Communication's got to be better. Transparency has got to be better for the Big Ten because what were the medical people saying? Why is the Pac-12 medical people okay to come out? Why is the Big Ten blocking anybody on the medical advisory committee from talking to the media? Um, but I think Nebraska, you know, just they're going to have to have some communication. But I don't think people will hold it against Nebraska uh, in this league. Some will, but I don't think all. But Nebraska's got to take care of business on the field, and then their seat at the big boy table gets closer to the front. Gary Sharp is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. All right, let's let's talk money, not not for money's sake, but for what it means. It, Look, you're not going to get live football game TV money this year. You know that we talked about that fifty plus million. That there ain't no games, so that's not right. Like that's compromised now. Um, am, am I making assumptions there, Gary? By the way, or is that that's how you understand it too? Right? Like that money doesn't just appear. Like, well, so you got to actually so play like, games to get that money. Yeah, there there will be there will be money because that is built in, but where it could be is. Uh, in the next fiscal year, where that money is not the same, but I think okay. the first the first payment is normal, um, the way it's set up. That's my understanding. I, I, I'll look into that. Yeah. Okay. So, so regardless, you're getting paid less. Yes. You're not getting any gate revenue. You're not getting any concessions revenue. You're not getting any really ticket revenue. And you've heard that oh, some difficult decisions are going to have to be made in the athletic department. Let's get more specific here, like. What kind of decisions? Are we talking about like folding wrestling or like what? What do you think the actual impact is to um, to the athletic department as a whole? Well, I, I think a couple of things. One, you know, there's people that all three of us share, you know, we common friends that were let go by the athletic department uh, about a month ago, and they cut the twelve to fifteen million dollars. If I am a male student-athlete at Nebraska in an Olympic sport, I'm very concerned because your sport has been supplemented by football. That football money is not there. Your sport may not exist, or your sport will look completely different in terms of where you get to go for competition, how many people are on your roster, what you get to do in the offseason, those kind of things that the student-athlete experience is going to be shooken up in those sports that rely on, on football. Um, and so that's the last resort to cut a sport. But, gosh, I, I think you, you're going to trim a lot of fat off of men's sports and other things. 
And, you know, you can't start building until you've got money rolling in. And Nebraska hasn't had any money rolling in. Um, here's the other thing. And, and I, I kind of I, – one of the things I thought of on Tuesday when it became official canceling is I'll give you credit, Mark, full credit, because you brought up a wild scenario. I think when we first started this back in March or April, you said, you know what, the first next college football game might be the game in Dublin, Ireland. And I joked about it and said, wow, that would be – that would be wild. That would be not good. Well, you might absolutely be correct. But what I would do is Nebraska, remember, that's an Illinois home game. If Nebraska could find a way, I would try and get out of a trip to Ireland. I would try and get that game away from Illinois, and I would try and make it a home game for next year's schedule where you have a nice abundance of home games to try and make back some money. So they're going to have to be very creative. Guys, this may mean beer sales. This may be naming rights on Memorial Stadium. Oh, wow. I think every I think everything is on the table now to find a source of revenue that either you've never tapped before, or you know you, you're going to try and something was there trying to uh, expand it. I, I think I think it's going to look college athletics across the board is going to look completely different. I think Nebraska, some of the stuff they've done in the past that was taboo, I think you got to explore now to, to make some money to keep the program moving along, so you don't have to cut sports. And you don't have to continue to get rid of people that are really good inside of your athletic department. Gary, I'm going to come in with the, the college kid perspective here and just say Beer Sales Memorial Stadium, it's got my vote. Um, but has <laughs> got your money, too. Sure, it's not White Claw? Come on. I mean, you got to throw some White Claws in there, too. you got to, you got to market, you know? you got to know your market. But if Nebraska were to sell the naming rights to Memorial Stadium, just hypothetical question, who do you think should be buying those, uh, those naming rights? Well, they've got some major corporate partners in this state who, if you presented them with a deal to buy naming rights to Memorial Stadium, I think they would, they would come calling. Now, people might go, oh, my gosh, you cannot do that. But what would you rather have? Your ticket prices go through the roof because Nebraska is trying to make things up or walk into a stadium that has naming rights on it because that adds to the coffers of Nebraska Athletics. And they're a business, and they've got to find a way to recoup all this money. I think there would be plenty of suitors that would come forward if they had the opportunity to put their name on Memorial Stadium. I, I say that. I think that would also be one of those last resorts, but it's something you have to explore. Um, but it would, be, it would be a good chunk of change, I would imagine, kind of like how Pinnacle Bank being on the arena, what kind of relationship that has been financially and return on investment for Pinnacle Bank. Sharpie, last thought before we say goodbye, and it's great to get caught up with you this weekend. A, what's your timeline now with the uh, the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12? Do they cave to pressure, or do they stand up, and do they actually get a, do we get a kickoff here in two weeks, three weeks? Well, absolutely. You know what, as rough as it's going to be for us not to see football locally, I'm rooting for those conferences to play. I want to see football. Their medical advisors have given them the information that they can do it. Uh, we'll see. You know, my fingers are crossed that they get to keep them off and they're able to get through the season because then you can judge if the Big Ten decision was right or wrong. In fact, you might even be able to do that before they get to October. Um, I think they forge ahead until – Someone says you can't, and they absolutely say we can't. We're not doing this. We're not moving forward. Keep an eye on Notre Dame because Notre Dame has been really good with their football program in terms of kids testing and very little positive results at all. Um, 
they reopened campus this week at Notre Dame, also at North Carolina. Uh, there was an off-campus party at Notre Dame, which has spiked the, uh, the, result, the positive results for coronavirus. I mean, duh, that's what college kids do. Um, keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on the Syracuse and Pittsburgh in terms of players and testing and how they feel. Um, that could be something the ACC will have to deal with. But I think right now those three conferences are moving ahead. But let's keep our fingers crossed. Let's watch the NFL. When they get in pads, they start hitting, they got contact. What happens in the NFL? Because that will also dictate a lot what happens with these three conferences. Because, no coincidence, the Big Ten, when it was time to put pads on, that's when they came up with their decision because it would have been a Monday and a Tuesday that the league was putting pads on. How, how rocky is this Florida State situation uh, you know what? I don't. I think it is a couple of bad apples okay. speaking up. I'm glad to see that other people that are inside the program saying you're not you're not correct. I think it's some disgruntled uh, people, but you got to be careful. You got to have all your ducks in order if you're moving ahead, uh, so that you don't have these kind of things. Because the student athlete, of course, as we know, has a bigger and a louder platform these days, and they're not afraid to speak up. Sharp, you have a good weekend, buddy. Stay safe and healthy. All right. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Gary, Gary Sharp. Great act. It's uh, done. We'll be back next Saturday. You excited for that? I'm excited. Yes. Let's talk about what might happen, maybe, perhaps. All right. That'll be good. Sound good? Yep. Podcast That's will be... kind of what we do, if you yeah. think about it. Podcast will be posted. HailVarsity.com or iTunes. Thanks for spending time. Thanks to Elijah Herbal uh, for checking in this morning as well. Back at you Monday at 4. Take care.